a proud community sponsor. 98 Bolton Avenue. When you experience the loss of a loved one and you need to select a funeral home, Robinson Family Mortuary is that funeral home. Robinson Family Mortuary is locally owned and operated in the city of Pineville, Louisiana. 192 Pine Grove Drive, Pineville, Louisiana. Robinson Family Mortuary serves the entire community of central Louisiana and surrounding parishes, including Natchitoches, Avoyles, Grant, Wynn, Allen, and throughout the entire state. Robinson Family Mortuary is staffed with over 40 years of tender loving care and experience. Robinson Family Mortuary offers cremation, floral arrangements, headstones, and catering for your repast. For information regarding any of our services, please feel free to contact Dolores or Tyrone at 318-442-7300. That's 318-442-7300. Robinson Family Mortuary, a family serving families. Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking needs. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to Live Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We are located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. We live in victory every day, believing in God. If you're interested in joining us in worship, we worship every Sunday at 1030. Bible study Tuesday at 630 and Wednesday at noon. We have a mentoring program if you're interested in mentoring young people at Warner Park Elementary School on Thursdays at 1230. Here at Hollywood, we believe that the loving is oh so good, so we're reaching out to the Shreveport community and the overall Louisiana community with a message of love, a message of hope, a message of encouragement. Listen now to a recent broadcast by Hollywood Presbyterian Church and Liz Big Ministries, where Harry Cooper is pastor. I begin with a story this morning, and the story is of a remote village. And in this village, there was the need, as it is in every village, to have a source of water. And so they began and had certain villagers go out and seek a source for water. As fate would have it, they found it. One gentleman found the source of water, and every day, every day, he would bring water to the village. So every day, the villagers received water. This happened day 
after day after day, year after year after year. It happened so seamlessly that the villagers rarely, if ever, thought about how they got the water. They just knew that every morning there was water and they grew dependent upon the water that was delivered to them. No one really took to the old man as the man grew older after years. He was a young man when it started, but as time went on, he became older and older, but nobody really sought after him. They didn't say, teach us where the water is. They did not say anything. They just took for granted that the water that had been there would always be there. As fate would have it, one morning, the water was not there. And they said, huh, old man must not be on his job today. Then the next day, there was no water. And the next day, there was no water. Now, you can imagine that these people who had grown dependent upon the water being delivered to them started to grumble. I don't know why nobody brought the water today. How are we going to live? How are we going to survive if we don't have water? So they went to doing what people tend to do who have grown dependent on other people. When the other people don't do what they have been doing, they suddenly grumble. They suddenly mumble until finally somebody said, man, I guess we better do something. All this time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, they had had water developed and de delivered to them, but now there is no water. And no one took the time to get to know the deliverer of the water. No one took the time to say, where is this water coming from? No one took the time to find out what this vital resource that was necessary for the village and for their life, they took no time to understand where it came from. And now they are in trouble. And I, I once had an elders who said they're in a mel of a hess <laughs> or a hell of a mess because they don't know where the water is coming from. So now they have to go out and seek it. Now they have to become responsible for what's going on and the outcomes in their life. Now they have to become responsible for taking care of this vital resource. Well, I just came by to say today that, in other words, just as they had to step up, it's time for us to step up. Now, I say that in context of the scripture that has been read. It says that in their former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. So now you get this sense that the disciples have had Jesus walking with them and talking with them on a daily basis, and they have grown dependent upon Jesus. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being dependent upon Jesus. In fact, we all are dependent in some ways upon the resurrection power of Jesus. However, the power that Jesus was ultimately looking to reveal to the people was not in himself, 
but it was in his source. It, Jesus did not intend for the disciples to become dependent on him. He did what he was doing in response to what God led him to do so that the people could see what was possible to be done. And so now he has risen. He has risen from the dead. He still walks with them because they need a little primer course. They still need a little coaching along the way. But ultimately, the power is not in him. Jesus, even though Jesus says, I come that you might have life and have it to the full, he is not saying, I am giving you the life to the full. The life to the full is coming from the source. The source is always God. Jesus reflects always and or deflects always to God as the source of the power. Therefore, the dependency of the believer is ultimately we are called to not become dependent on Jesus because the physical manifestation, Jesus is God in human form, but to become dependent upon the awareness that the divine has placed power within us. So the very things that Jesus did, we also can do. So we're looking at an example to say, oh, look what Jesus did, not so we can grow in love with what Jesus did, but so we can fall in love what is with what it is possible to do. You see the differentiation there. Now, very rarely do we even contemplate the, the fact that God has placed within us power. So we always deflect. So we always very much like the villagers in the story that we tell have grown dependent on outcomes that we ourselves did not have a direct hand in. So in other words, we have grown dependent on eating fruit from trees that we did not plant and drinking water from rivers that we did not take the buckets to get it from. But the challenge here now is when a transition occurs, it becomes time for us to step up. It, it, it's saying that we are now, have been given the equipment and enough to be able to handle some things on our own, to take some initiative, to begin the process of moving beyond dependency into interdependency. Interdependency is a sense that the gifts that I have, I use. But, the, and, but my gifts are not all the gifts that could ever be had. And so in order for the body of Christ to function properly, everybody has to be willing to bring their gifts to the table. And if anyone withholds their gifts or their giftedness, then the entire body is not all that it can be. So if I bring my gifts, but VW says, oh, no, I'm going to keep mine at home, then we're going to, as a body of Christ, we're going to be limping because I was the right leg and VW was the left leg, but the left leg stayed at home. Y'all see that picture? Now we're hopping along. 
or 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 now or or, or now we, we got Larniva and she says, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to use my gift. Well, Larniva, you were the hand. <laughs> so now we can walk, but we can't pick anything up. So everybody has to play their part. Everybody has got to be willing to step up. Everybody has got to be willing to recognize that the divine has placed something in me and what God has placed within me, I have got to use for the building of the kingdom. So Jesus instructs the disciples and shares with them, shares with them, do not leave my, the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you will receive power. So what good is power if you don't do anything with it. Imagine, it is amazing how many church fights exist in the body of Christ. Because we have all these saints who get really pumped up on Holy Ghost. They get pumped up on Bible. They get all pumped up, but they're scared to lead the church. They're scared to talk to drug dealers. They're scared to talk to gang bangers. They're scared to talk to, um, to really anybody outside of their comfort zones. And so now they have all, all this armor. They put on the full armor of God. They have a sword in their hand, which is the word of God. And instead of slaying devils, they start slaying each other. You ask yourself, just think about it. In the context of church 21st century, there are more people right now who will not go to church than are in church. One of the first times that this has existed in the United States of America, that there is actually a shift that fewer and fewer and fewer people are going to church. Then if you go and ask some people, why aren't you going to church? Well, some of them will say, I've never been to church. Some of them, 80% of them will say, nobody even asked me to come. 80% of the people who do not go to church do not go to church because nobody ever asked them to come. Well, that's one of the reasons. I'm sure they got some other ones because it's not like you can live and never have heard of church uh, in the United States. However, that's one of the reasons that they will use. No one even asked me to come. So now we have a depreciating number of people participating in the life of the church. And some will say, others will say, you got 80% who haven't been asked or who just dropped out of church. And then you ask him, well, those who dropped out, why did you drop out? Church was irrelevant, they will say. They no longer began to speak to real particular needs that I have. I didn't connect. Nobody was loving on me. No one was hearing me. I did not feel valuable in the context of that faith group. And so I just stopped going. And let me share with you, if you choose to stop going for a couple of weeks, it's an amazing thing. It becomes pretty easy not to go the third week. And it becomes easier not to go the fourth week. And then after you've been going about four or five weeks, you have to think about actually going. I, I don't under, you know, it, it's, I wondered for a long time, 
what people did on Sunday who didn't go to church. Until one Sunday, I actually self-selected not to go to church. I wasn't pastoring, so I actually self-selected. I made a choice. Today, I am not going to go to church. I wasn't sick. I wasn't on the road. I just said, today, I'm not going. Then the next week, something happened, so I ended up not going. Now, it's been two weeks. Now, this is for somebody who had gone to church in every week of their entire life, who on his honeymoon said, we got to find a church because we're going on Sunday. So we're in Niagara Falls, Canada, so we're going to find a church in, in Canada because it's Sunday and you go and worship on a Sunday. That's just what you do. So to self-select not to go was a, different, was, was a decision, but I began to realize and understand when you choose not to go, after you choose not to go for a couple of weeks, it becomes a little easy. You got to actually say, make a conscious choice. So there are people who have just dropped out because they just dropped out. But then there are others who have been beat up. There are others who have simply said, you know, it, the stuff didn't make sense. You, 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 the things that a pastor talks about and preachers talk about just doesn't make sense in this empirical data-driven world. You'll talk about things that are not geophysically possible. You know, you look and say Jesus is taken up into the sky. Well, we know that up into the sky is really out from the earth. It's not up. It's out because the earth is revolving around the sun. So now we start, it's just intellectually, it's saying some people are being intellectually dishonest. Pastors at times intellectually dishonest or they ask people to leave their brain at the door and just believe it because I said it. Hopefully, prayerfully, that's not the ministry that God has given me. My willingness to, to, to confront things biblically, scripturally, I'm willing to do that. However, we begin to understand we have to step up. The time to step up, the time for each one of us to become responsible for the intake of information and that which we share so that the kingdom of God can be expanded is now, we recognize people may never start coming back to church like they used to. And some will say, oh, shame, shame, shame. My thing is, wow, look at the field. We, the, the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. We may need to change the delivery system, but the need is still there. There's no, people have no less need of God now than they had 1,000 years ago, than they had 2,000 years ago. What has to happen is a transformation of understanding how God interacts in our lives today. God is active and involved, and yet the language patterns that we use, we may have to change some of those. Does, it make, does that make sense? You, 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 you can't keep telling people a way that, has, that you think is going to be the way that they can hear it because that's the way you heard it. And so then only people who actually connect with you are the people who you like or who you say, well, that person's going to go to heaven because they believe like I believe. Well, can you change? Can you love them? Even if they don't ever come to church. How do we take the church to the people. It's time 
to step up. Jesus says, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have power and the power you will have is to be my witnesses near and far, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you are. People think about being missionaries and all they think about is sending somebody across the world. Be a missionary on your block. When was the last time you were a missionary on your block to your next door neighbor, the person living next to you? Did were you a witness? And I'm not so I'm not saying go to the go to the door every talk about Bible thumping. Do you believe it is? You're gonna die and go to hell if you don't. Do you believe it is? I mean, you know that they got sick. Take them some chicken. Chicken soup. Panera bread, give them a gift card, do something, I mean, do something that says, I am thinking about you. I'm not talking about love. I'm not talking about loving you. I'm loving you by word and in deed. We are the witnesses. People are looking at how you handle your difficult situation. How did, when you, when they, when you don't think anybody's looking, somebody is looking, how you talking? So if you're using negative language to describe your situation, they say, okay, that person, that, that person is a, they may be a church goer, but they're not a God believer. You can go to church a whole bunch of times. You can memorize all of the right phrases to say. And you will look good to the people who are listening for the right phrases. But it's inauthentic if it hasn't taken root in your life. If you have not been transformed and all you have been is, um, what's it called? Um, you have not been transformed, you've just been informed. So you got information without application. You know what to say. Praise the Lord. What time? It's time to stand up. What time? It's time to sit down. We have been religiously programmed to do some stuff. But when it, the rubber hits the road, when the tough times happen in our lives, are you able then to say, I'm living with God and I'm not going to worry about it. Are you able to remain positive? Are you able to say I'm living in victory every day? No matter how many defeats I might have, I'm still in victory because I will be victorious over, over malaise. I will be victorious over feeling bad. I will be victorious over all kinds of things that might come after me because I am on God's team. That makes sense. It, it, it's, it's how we walk. It's how we carry ourselves. We are witnesses, and we are the best witnesses. Ooh. <laughs> it, it's, if you were in court, it's hard to witness what you ain't seen. <laughs> you not a, do, do you have hearsay evidence? It's inadmissible in court. I heard my mama say, all right, that's nice. I heard my grandmama say, yes, that's great. Grandpapa used to pray all the time. Hallelujah. I mean, grandmama near, mama near, mud dear, papa near. I mean, oh, they did all. Yeah, I, that's great. What about you? What have you experienced? And so very much as we begin the story, 
with the man who goes and brings the water faithfully to the village, but the villagers no longer seek the water for themselves because they have grown complacent. They have grown just comfortable with it always being delivered. Now they got to go and do something. And that's time. It's time for us to start stepping up. When we start stepping up, then we begin to step out. We don't spend our time in this building, but we spend our time outside of this building because there are more people out there than there are in here. We have a mission, and that mission is to be missionaries beginning in Jerusalem. Then you, you begin to handle some folk who are real good at home. Then you begin to send a few of them out a little further, then Judea, and then to Samaria, and then to the outer reaches of the earth. It begins organically inside and then it spreads. Because why? You get a little more confidence. You begin a little bit more understanding. You become more adept in your ability to share your faith. What good is a faith that you can't share? How good is it when you, when Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door, but you got to run and hide because you don't think you know enough scripture to be able to talk to them? Does that make since I'm not saying we're trying to transform Jehovah's Witnesses, but what I am saying is we need to become adept and skilled in articulating our faith. We don't need to run and hide because somebody from a different faith value system comes. If you know, if anybody follows some of my Facebook posts, there is somebody who's coming after me on a regular basis. I mean, just comes after me, comes after not just me, but comes after faith group people because they believe that some of this is a lie and all that kind of stuff. I'm not running from this cat because I know the God that I serve, I have personal relationship with. If you threw the Bible out and they said, well, the Bible is just not real, and they came with empirical data that the Bible was a falsified document, it would not change my belief in God. Because my belief in God is not stuck to the words on the page, but on the living word that I have experienced in my life. The words on the page help me to understand it and see how that God has been experienced, but that's not God. The Bible ain't God. The Bible is just not. It is a representation of God, how God has interacted with humanity. So the call is upon, can you get into the relationship with the giver? Can you touch the source? All right, all right. Not the product, but the source. Yeah. That's God. That's where we are called to step up and step into that relationship and let that relationship transform everything else. That's, that, that's, that's, that's the power. The power that the Holy Spirit gives us is to say, I'm not dependent. Don't be dependent on me. I may be the deliverer of the water today. <laughs> And prayerfully, it's some good water, cool water, refreshing water, but I'm not the source of the water. I'm simply letting it pour through me. So let that same source pour through you when you're interacting with family, friends, fellowships, everything. God is calling each one of us to that step up. Step up. Step up. Turn to your name and say, step up. Step up. Come on, you can do it. Step up. Step up. Man up. Woman up. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all not believing me. I, 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 I think we need a little help. Step up. I mean, step up. Come on, step up. Because the work we got to do got to get done. 
or else we will all die of thirst. This is God's word for God's people. And with the pulse of praise, glory and 